Hey, what's up, guys? Before we get into it today with our very special guest, Deb Cleveland, I want to throw this teaser out there. Deb is going to provide a link for a free course uh, for, for you guys. So we're going to talk about it toward the end of the episode, but I want to go ahead and throw that teaser out there for you to make sure you stick around toward the end. The link is also in the show notes, but it's a very special link for us. So make sure you check that out. Um, and what I want to make sure is if for the last several weeks, we've talked about Quest Trust sponsoring the podcast here. Uh, if you haven't talked to them already, make sure you schedule a time with one of their uh, experts at talk, telling you what you can and cannot invest in with a self-directed RA. If you're not familiar with that, you can go and check them out at w2cap.questtrust.com. All right, let's get into it with our very special guest, this Deb Cleveland. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. Hey, what's up, everybody? My name is Jay Helms. I'm the founder of this podcast and movement known as the W2 Capitalist. Today, as always, I have a very special guest, Deb Cleveland. Cleveland? Cleveland. Cleveland, just like the city. Just like Grover Cleveland. There you go. Well, I'll take so my my in-laws' maiden name is Cleveland. That's why I got that mixed up. So anyway... Out of the way, that is such a random fact. Uh, But Deb, after working her way up from a receptionist to sales at the age of 30, Deb chose to start her own business and invest her hard-earned money into real estate. Simultaneously, Deb built two businesses from scratch into multi-million dollar operations. She achieved her success as a single parent with no formal education. I have my degree over there, but it's that's a that represents a two point five or two point seven GPA. Uh, both of Deb's businesses thrived, and sixteen sixteen years later, she decided to sell her, sell her core business to fully commit to her love of real estate investing and renovating. Today, uh, up to today, she has restored over four hundred units, ranging from single family homes to a forty two unit apartment complex, and currently holds. 90 rentals living in Rochester, New York. Deb, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jay. It's so great to be here. And we were just talking off after, uh, before I hit the record button and I asked you a question about how is it to invest in New York? Cause you live there, you invest there. We're going to get to that here in a minute. But what I want to talk about is, is in your bio is you talk about you're a master flipper. Right, or your bio mentions you're a master flipper. What does that actually actually mean, right? What does that mean? So it takes a bit to learn how to fix and flip properties. I mean, the the TV programs make it look so easy. Oh, so easy, like, so easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. And when I see that, it puts a really interesting smile on my face. And yeah. 
the way I became a master flipper, Jay, is that I, it was practice. I feel like everything that we become masterful at, it takes practice. You know, at first, I remember my first flip so well because it was, it was scary for me. I didn't know a lot about what I was doing. I knew that I was really responsible. I had um, like a good decorator eye, you know, for color and cleanliness and that. So my first flip when I was in my um, late 30s, all I did to that property was clean paint and sparingly staged it. And it sold within the first week that I listed it. I didn't make a huge amount of money, but I made over $12,000 on that flip. And I learned a lot from the process. Yeah. And every time I've come, and every time I've gone to it, I still, I mean, I'm in the middle of four flips right now. Wow. I've flipped six houses during COVID at the height of COVID, which people said <laughs> nobody's buying. Well, we nobody's got, <laughs> All right. and we got them sold Jay for top dollar um, to the first buyers that walked in the very first wow. ones that walked in were a full price offer. And many of them were cash. So the way that I came masterful is I just kept practicing. I didn't stop. Like I went on to, okay, so what's the next thing I can do to upgrade my learning on my next flip? Well, this time I'm going to replace countertops. Hmm. And this next one, I'm going to replace flooring. I'm going to learn more about flooring. One of the least expensive things that I learned to, to add as I moved through that was to replace all the lighting that had matched finishes. and you know, some of the videos that I've created is around the smallest things that I call our decorator looks that create a really high value for very little cost because I love, love, love selling to first time home buyer market. Like that really is who I focus on. Yeah. So I love what you just said there. There's, there's a lot of stuff I want to unpack, but you, you basically took baby steps into flipping and I have not really piece that together. I've actually heard other people talk about, well, our flips aren't, you know, we're, we're, it's very cosmetic. There's not a whole lot that goes into it, but it seems like you even dialed it back a notch even there to accommodate your risk tolerance. Is that fair to say? Like yes. you're so, cause I've never flipped a property and I'm, I'm to the point where, you know, I'm strictly buy and hold single family, multifamily. And uh, you know, I've got one mobile home still. And, um, but I can't justify any numbers that come across my desk for, for any of the buy and hold stuff. So I'm thinking, okay, it's time to shift. It's definitely a buy, you know, it's definitely a seller's market right now where, where we invest. Um, inventory is low, demand is high, interest rates are low, which helps with the demand sort of thing. And I'm like, all right, I, I need to flip. I need to take this time to flip. But I'm sitting here thinking, Oh man, I, I don't really know what I'm doing. I, I don't know how to do this. And, um, you know, I look, I'm on these wholesaler wholesalers list that, um, when they send these properties over, they're dilapidated, right? Half the roof's gone or something like that. It's huge overhauls. I'm like, man, I, I just don't know if I'm ready for that sort of project. But what you just said made me think I'm looking at the wrong place. I need to get something to just put a little bit of lipstick on it. Right. And that's, so that's brilliant. I, I didn't, I've heard of people doing this. I've just never thought about it until you thought about it that way until you phrase it that way. But I want to ask you this too, because you said something about having a decorator. eye. how important is it to, and I've got one, but she's upstairs with the kids right now. <laughs> 
how important is if somebody wants to get into flipping that they have to have a decorator eye, so to speak? Oh my God, that is such a fantastic question. So two things that will destroy um, the value of your property. Two things, and they're so tiny and they're so huge. If you do not have a masterful painter that has mm. beautiful lines, no matter how gorgeous the trim work has been done, the drywall has been finished, if you have a painter that doesn't have straight lines and really knows how to tighten up your you know, caulking, knows how to caulk those right. things really well, um, finish, you know, if they do the first cut painters, you've got to get a great painter. <laughs> right. Second thing is you, if you don't have a deck, I've been hired by flippers because they haven't been able to flip their house. And I walk in and when I walk in, I'm confused because I'm looking at um, a color here. A co it doesn't flow. Hmm. It has, they've done a terracotta look and then they switched to farmhouse chic and then they thought eclectic <laughs> was a good idea and then the doorknobs brass and the light fixtures um a black you know a black mat and then i walk into the bathroom and they have chrome you know a chrome faucet <laughs> so you're saying so, people like buyers like uh, a common theme throughout the house for the most part <laughs> a decorator look for your finishes is picking one primary finish. So if you go into your house, if you just change out all the doorknobs and the and the light fixtures and your faucets and you use the brushed nickel, you've already raised the value and you're creating a decorator look. I've got um, several videos on how to create a decorator, decorator look and I actually share my secret colors that I've used to fix and flip houses. You wanna pick one or two at the most really hot, primary colors where you use them in one room, your statement room, and, or you might use it. I use a lot of dynamic colors on one ceiling in the house and it just pops at that room. And when people walk in, they kind of walk in and they look up and they go, wow, mm. actually. And it's only paint, but it's a really beautiful paint color. And it's usually a trending color. Like the, I usually use a really dark navy blue on the ceiling, or I might use what's called silver strand. It's a very popular color with um, Trevor Williams. Okay. So picking a de decorative colors, Jay, is, is so important. And, and what I've told some of my, you know, in one of my videos, I said it's even worth hiring a decorator for $100 and have her give you mm. a palette. Or go to Trevor Williams because those, hold on one second. Um, these things, no, they're really very useful. Mm. If you go into them, they have all, you know, they've kind of done a lot of the heavy lifting for you. Yeah. And that's what I would recommend. It's, it's just, and it's not just important for flips. What I found when I was in my thirties, when I went through houses that they were either white, antique white, <laughs> bright white, dove white, or, and shit brown. Yeah, that's the official color too, right? Brown, and I'm like, and it was mostly male dominated. That was 31 years ago when I started. I'm like, what? No, there's no color in here. Once I started adding color, I noticed that my leases kept started to renew, and I thought, wow, they're staying. There's like this. They walk in and they make it. It's homey. It's not like a medical institution for them. Hmm. So color is really, really important for retaining tenants because. It affects them. Yeah. Yeah. And if you're, if you're just listening to this, you're not watching on YouTube, what Deb held up was a booklet and you said Sherman, Sherman Williams, but they're at any paint store, Lowe's, Home Depot, mm -hmm. 
hashtag not sponsored by any of those guys, but <laughs> it's the little booklet that shows you what you can, what a, what a beautiful room looks like. And it tells you all the different colors that are in there. So if you're not watching, that's what she was talking about. The, um, one of the things I want to ask you though, you said paint the ceiling. Yes. Something. And it wasn't white. It was another color. It's like a dark color, right? Yes, I was hoping. So do you see the dark color in my bookcases? I do. Yeah. I'm not sure how that looks on your screen, but that's like almost a naval navy. And okay. I use those on, I'll use it on one ceiling, like say in the dining room. And then this color that's in here, it's silver strand, the light gray you see on my walls. Right. And then I'll hit all the walls and throughout the whole house, I'll use the silver strand. I never use, rarely, I can't say never, I rarely use <laughs> white semi-gloss on trim. I always go with a lovely, light, light, light vanilla because it's richer. You want a rich look when the client walks in. Mm. So paint, paint and paint, painter and paint colors is going to win the day. Even if you don't have the money to change light fixtures, staying with the same finish, paint colors and a painter is, is a huge, great start. That's, that's great. It, it is amazing, even with our own personal house when my wife and I will put a fresh coat of paint on something and it's like wow that is it because it's fresh is it because it's a new color I think it's because it's a new color and it's the right color because we have painted rooms now this is where she and I disagree on things <clears throat> again I am not the decorator uh or have a decorating sense but she she would pick a color I'm like I I just I don't like that but uh I think what you're saying there is it definitely helps, right? I mean, I'm looking at your bookcases. Again, if you're watching on YouTube, you can see it. But, I mean, the room you're in is beautiful. It's very warm, it's very welcoming. And that's what you want when a potential home buyer walks into your flip. Now, um, which I'm assuming, again, I've never flipped, but that's what I would want if I'm a potential buyer. I try to put myself in their shoes. When you talk about um, these flips that you're doing and painting ceilings, different colors. Cause I, I, I've been in some homes, uh, where different ceilings were different colors. They were very high end homes, right? So give us a, give us a range of what kind of flips you're doing. Are you doing high end? Are you doing middle to low? What, what, what price range are we talking about? And yes. again, we're in Rochester, New York, right? Yes. So I'm, I'm actually investing. I look for small, what I call hamlets. So I'm investing 45 minutes outside of Rochester. Okay. I find areas where they need, they have a huge and high demand for first time home buyer product and nobody's there fixing and flipping. So in this one community that I'm investing in right now, I've done a over 120 units in the last 11 years in that area. Wow. And I can't, I can't do enough because there's such a starvation for, like people will buy there, but they'll buy in the town over if they can't find a renovated property. And I think that's what a lot of beginners don't understand is that you're going to be the best gift to a first-time home buyer because they come with student loans, a child mm -hmm. in tow. They're both working. They're exhausted. The last thing they want to do is renovate a house, and they're happy to pay top retail for that first-time home buyer price tag, which is in our markets anywhere from Low end is like 85. High end is like 159. It's like the top of the okay. high end. I buy properties that range anywhere from, you won't believe it, but I bought a house for $8,000. But it typically- <laughs> I do believe it. 
<laughs> I know it's somewhere around thirty thousand dollars. And lately, Jay, here's another thing that we're going to see a lot of things. A lot of things are going to be popping up over the next six months. In my prediction, is three of the six houses that I did in the last um, this year were renovators that got going and then ran out of steam. Mm. So when I bought those properties, they had done the roofs, the windows. There was a new bathroom in one of them. And the same thing with the other one. They actually had done two bathrooms, the roof, the wind. So a lot of heavy lifting. All the exterior was done. So I paid a little bit more for those. Like I paid seventy thousand for them. They sold for one fifty nine to the first person that walked in. And what I had to do is go in and do um, a new kitchen backsplash. I love backsplashes. That's another really, (laughs) it's another really small decorator um, thing to do. That I just want to mention something because you we were talking about how do you you know how do you get into the flipping business and how do you stay in affordably stay in the fixing business. So this is what I learned, and I made several mistakes in the beginning as I started ramping up and becoming a full-time investor is what I didn't realize is that the contractors that came in, I learned this because I learned it. I actually lived in my first eight flips when I was in my late twenties, early thirties as a single parent. So I didn't have the money to fix and flip. And Which I is a good strategy, by the way, if, if, um, I think you were about to say, and I cut you off, I'm sorry, but it's, okay. it's a good strategy. If you're strapped for cash and you want to get into it and you want to do it, do some living flips, right? I mean, that's what we kind of consider this a living flip, even though we did all the heavy lifting bef- before we moved in. Uh, and now we're at a uh, standstill on do we sell it or do we stay? Uh, I want to stay, but we can both know where this is going to go, right? <laughs> but anyway, you, you're, you're, I'm sorry, I rudely cut you off. No, no, I know I just... There's so much information in this head. I hope I can get enough out for your <laughs> So it's, no, it's really, um, So what I learned is that, so I would attract a contractor. And when I was living in my flips, what I noticed is that the range of prices I was getting was for the same exact room to get painted would range anywhere from $75 to $400 just to paint the, to the exact same work, mm. work. And I thought, why is that? Why is there such a, a wide range? And then as I studied it, because I'm really, I'm kind of, I'm a real sensible gal and I'm real practical. I'm not a pie in the sky sort of person. And it, I just got really curious about it. So what I noticed is that when I would attract a moonlighter, when I would go looking mm. on a Craigslist ad for a painter, he would be the lowest because it was his second income. Mm. He wasn't looking to make, you know, $75 an hour. He was happy with $20 an hour. And usually that money was going to be used for, vacation money for his family. And then the next thing that I noticed, the next thing that I noticed, Jay, was that the contractors that started coming to work with me, they were, they had a little bit of dysfunction going on, which is pretty relevant, you know, in the contracting, I hate to say it, but there's a lot of it, I guess, yeah. everywhere, but I think it's really- I've run into it before. I know what you mean. Yeah, it's a, <laughs> a little, little bit. But what I, what I noticed was that they would come in and quote me and I'm like, okay, so- what would you quote me if I could promise you work for the whole year? And the price came down in half. Hmm. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. So I made a commitment to them and myself that I would keep them busy all year round. So my painting costs went down to $20 an hour hmm. to paint. My painting cost to paint a room 
went into the $125 range per room to get it painted, an average size room with ceiling, trim, and that sort of thing, somewhere between $125, $150. And what I noticed for them is their lives completely changed because now they weren't, they weren't getting, they, were, they, they usually had fear of quoting. That was their biggest thing is they didn't <laughs> want to go out and quote jobs. So now they had to do is work with me, and I just fell in love with these guys. And I've yeah. been with the same crew. I've had a couple different crews, but this crew I've been with for about nine years. And oh, wow. my crew is only three people. I don't have a big crew. I don't need a big crew. You need an awesome kick-ass painter. You need one amazing multi-talented contractor that can mm-hmm. do everything from laying um, hardwood floors, ceramic tile floors. Um, they do almost all the skill sets. They may miss a few. They may not know how to do a roof. You need a roof. Well, that's a specialist. So then you have yeah. to go out and you know, bid that out. If you get the right person on your team, they're pretty resourceful for you. So if you have something that they can't do, they'll say, hey, I know three or four guys that can come over and give you a, a quote. And it's someone that they trust that you know we can work with. Yeah. So you've been using these guys for nine years. Do you remember how you found them? Was it, a, was it a Craigslist ad or was it something else? Oh, yeah. It was. So one of the guys was <laughs> drinking out of a bourbon bottle. And, <laughs> seriously, in front of my building. Oh, my God. If he sees this, it's going to kill me. Um, <laughs> and he was Spanish. And we were, we were moving this big reception area so that we can renovate yeah. this, this building I bought. And my guy called me and he said, I need another pair of hands. I go, well, is there somebody around? I mean, look outside. Is there some, because there's this guy <laughs> that's been hanging out. This is such a crazy story, but this is how it's gone for me. I mean, this, I have a lot of, lot of stories like this. I just feel really, I just, I guess I'll use the word blessed. I know it's overused, but I just, it, miraculous is how it. There so you this go. guy <laughs> came in and I'm telling you, the reason he couldn't get a job when he was drinking was because he, he didn't speak English really well. Hmm. Very broken English, so talented. And we knew enough to point to things like, can you do this? And he'd nod his head. Can you do that? He'd nod his head. So one of the videos that I created um, that is kind of interesting is I talk about how I date contract. I don't date contractors, but. Yeah, not in, the, not in the sense of uh, I a relationship. Do, but I don't want to talk yeah. about that right now. But. <laughs> Different show, different show. (laughs) No, it's not not a successful story. Oh my gosh. But what I do when I start with them, Jay, is I give them a small task. I'll say, okay, so what would you charge me to paint this room? And then they tell me, I'm like, okay, so you're you're telling me you're a painter. You're telling me that you have really crisp, straight, straight lines. We've agreed on a time frame and a dollar amount. I'm going to be back in a day. And I'm going to see if this, if you've accomplished what you said, you, you know, that you're nice. basically your mouth matches your feet yeah, or the other way around. Um, and then if that works, I give them another small task and I call it dating. You know, I date, gotcha. date, date. Then I get engaged possibly to that contractor. <laughs> and then we decide we're going to get married. And, and this one contractor, the one that was drinking out of the bourbon bottle, I, I just bought my first rental with him as a way for him to um, build a retirement for himself. Oh, nice. Hey guys, we're going to take a break from the action real quick to let you know about all the amazing things going on with the mastermind. So if you're not familiar with the W2 Capitalist mastermind, you can find out more information at w2capitalist.com slash mastermind. Uh, What is going on right now is that we are approaching the two year anniversary of the mastermind being in place 
and has been a very niche community that's grown to about 40 members so far. And it's, uh, it's, there's the demand is there for having these niche groups and niche conversations. So we're expanding the mastermind to be very niche focused. So if you are focused on multifamily and you want to be part of an amazing mastermind, there's a multifamily group for you. Same thing with single family, buy and hold, fix and flips, and even with mobile home parks. So find out more information, just point your browser to w2capitalist.com slash mastermind, and you can find out more information. All right, let's get back to it with Miss Deb. Very nice. That's very cool. Yeah, I've had uh, one contractor show up here at our house. He was actually drunk. I could smell it on his breath. He drove here that way. I entertained him for about five minutes, and I, I put him on his way. I was like, I can't do that. So it worked out for you, though. It worked (laughs) It hasn't worked out for you. I mean, Uh, right now I got a guy that's out of prison I'm working with and he worked with me for 10 years on and off. He was the kind of guy that when I, when I got really busy, I was like, Hey, I need a hand. Yeah. And he went to jail for getting, I think two DWIs. And then, and actually I gave him a vehicle because he was so valuable to my team Mm. and he had four kids and he was a single parent. So I swear to God, I wasn't going to work with him again because it wasn't. (laughs) The end of of that story wasn't a lot of fun, but I mean, really, this is just happening in real time. Like in the last two weeks, he reached out to me and and I said, you know what? Let's give it a shot and see, you know, see how things go. I said, I'm not making a full commitment to you. I can't because that was a really miserable ending. I want to make sure, but yeah, it's really worked out for me. I mean, it's worked out for them. That's the cool thing. They stopped drinking. They stopped gambling. They stopped screwing around you know they start having money and they go home and now their wives aren't yelling at them six months out of 12 yeah that's good you know because they're actually working and doing something productive and they feel good about themselves yeah i call it rehabbers and recovery (laughs) there you go (laughs) (laughs) rehabbers and recovery i like it or rehabbers that need to be in recovery there you go (laughs) (laughs) Uh, you said something earlier i want to circle back to is that the area you invest in uh, or, or flip in is really a first time home buyers market, right? How do you, how do you identify what a first time home buyers market looks like geographically um, seasonally? Like where, where are we at? So how do you, how do you identify that? That is a really great question. Um, so the way that I invest for a first time home buyer is I invest where nobody else is looking. Like I don't want to yeah. be in, I call like ABCD. You don't want to be in D, you don't want to be in A, but you want to be in B and C because that's where you're going to get the, the best price for you as an investor or a fixer and flipper. That's where the first time home buyers are looking in the price range that you want to be in. You don't want to be doing the quarter million, half a million, million dollar McMansions. Yeah. That is a very discerning buyer. And I can tell you, I've probably done a half a dozen and they're so unfulfilling to sell to mm. them because they basically come in and they, they redo the whole, they redo the whole renovation anyway, because they're a third or fourth time home buyer mm. or they have a lot of money and they can't. So is it the price range inside that BNC that attracts that first time home buyer? Is that what it is? Or is it is it some other into the, those markets, Jay? Like you can see, like the markets that 
the markets that I look in, I look for movement, not a lot of movement, but let's say if it's a C market, I drive markets. Like I'll go into a market and I'm like, okay, this feels like C bridging on D, but can go, I see, I see people starting, like there's like one or two houses on the street that look really nice. And around the corner, a block, not that far away from there, that's like a B, a solid B market where a first-time home buyer would buy. So I either look in that B market or I invest and hold. Sometimes I buy a rental and hold a single. I love single family. I just want to say this. Whoop, I love single family house investing for first yeah. home buyers. <laughs> it is plug and play. You give them a nice product and literally they're going to pay for whole mortgage. Hmm. It's incredible, Jay. I mean, I, am, I was not that person. I was taught to buy at least doubles, you know, yeah. as many units under one roof. That was the common theme when, you know, back 30 years ago when I was investing. By mistake in this market that I'm investing in, I bought a single family house right after the crash. I did a beautiful renovation. I was going to flip it, but the margin wasn't as juicy as I wanted it to be. And I knew there was a high demand for single family rentals. I rented it. I basically had to beg the guy to move out. I lived there for seven years. I sold it. During, yeah, I was like, Craig. And he's like, he's amazing tenant. The pl- Literally, we didn't even have to touch the place up. It was so immaculate. Wow. So, and I sold to the first person that walked in. I love first time. So one of the strategies can be that you buy a single family house, you do a medium renovation enough to really make it into a beautifully livable home for a family. You get top rents because you're giving them a nicer mm-hmm. product than most of the houses in that area. And in my area, like some of the markets that I invest in, you know, I could have counted that they were going to mow today. <laughs> I can't hear it, so it's fine. It's See, fine. I'm like, oh my god, I'm not going to. It's no um, worries. Jeez, honestly, yeah. the guy next door has always got his his leaf blower out. He leaf blows a pool. He leaf blows a lot. I think he leaf blows a cereal. I'm I like, think what I think our neighbors doing? must be related. So because oh, does the same thing. But here's here's the thing, and I I keep telling my wife this because we we will joke about. Uh, I don't think they listen, but if they do, hey, hey guys, um, they, we could have moved to such a worse place where somebody did not take pride in their home and did not take pride in their yard. And, you know, when we hear them at 10 o'clock at night running their lawnmower and it's right outside of our daughter's room, we're like, you know what? I don't know how they're seeing the cut, but at least they're taking care of their stuff and it's going to look immaculate, you know, and that, and that's all good. So um, it's all right. I, I don't hear the leaf blower or the, the guy cutting grass, so we're all good. <laughs> oh, God. But first, so how I find the market is you can, I'm really, I'm a touchy-feely gal, so I can go right. into market and I can feel it. You know, Intuition, I can right? Right. Yeah. It's like this strong into, I can also go into a market and go, Oh wow. This is not a place to invest. Like this is, this is out and and it can be seductive. Okay. It can be very seductive. Some of these markets, like I have a client right now I'm working with and he's mentioning these, they're, they're like beautiful women and they're very, and I'm like, yeah, but it doesn't produce, you know, it's, it's some beautiful women aren't the best ones to marry. You know, they're mm. not, the, it's not going to be a stable commitment for you. Like this is like, get out of there. Like get out of there. <laughs> Go home. Yeah. And you put an offer in. I was like, okay, get out of that offer. 
So I'm just, I like meat and potatoes. I'm a meat and potatoes gal. I always have been. I was raised that way. I'm Scottish. You know, I'm very hardworking. Um, you know, I don't dress like this mostly. I'm in my yoga pants, <laughs> t-shirt, a ponytail, and half the time I don't have makeup on. Well, I kind of put lipstick on. Um, <laughs> we appreciate you dressing you know, up for us today. I appreciate it. Oh, yeah, I know. I did. I was so happy. I was like, oh, my God, I get to first wear my nice stuff today. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. And I like, and I teach that. You know, it's, yeah. I, I want your viewers to, um, I love the beginning. The beginning is to have financial independence, like you mentioned, Jay. What I can tell you is that nothing, I don't know, I really don't know of anything. And I research so many things that will give you the freedom that you want down the road. It's not going to happen overnight. Right. But by investing in real estate, if I hadn't invested in real estate when I was 30, that's when I started buying rental properties. I retired financially independent at the age of 48. I never had to work another day in my life. Nice. Never. Everything was paid off. I had seven income, fig, seven in, figure income coming in every month. Nice. I took two years off and then I was guided to come back into the market. I would say by God, I'll use that word. Sure. Um, and I was directed specifically to this city that had been crushed by the collapse of the market, but it was, it had one of the wealthiest colleges in the country there. And I, I was exhausted, honestly. I was like, no, I, God, please no. Like I need a rest. Because, <laughs> you know, raising a kid by yourself to building two businesses was, you know, it was a, it was a big endeavor for me, but the rental properties buying rentals and I didn't have any money. I was very slow. I was the turtle in the race, but I had a very clearly defined, and that's what the course that I'm offering your viewers for free is, um, it's called my GPS foundational program course. And it's what I want everyone to do before you even get in your car and you start looking at rental properties, have the right knowledge that you need. Mm. Get the right, not a lot of knowledge, not over knowledge. Don't analyze everything. Just you get the right knowledge and that, this course will provide that for you and then get clarity. You know, what is it that you want to end up? What's going to create that independence that what's that number for you? Some people it's a quarter million dollars for me. It was, I wanted to have $2 million worth of real estate paid off inside of I had three years to buy it and 15 years to pay it off. That was the way mm. that I structured it for myself. You know, where do you want to invest? What type of properties do you want to own? What type of tenant do you want to serve? Like those it's all in my course where they get really clear and then your viewers will be able to map out like, what's it going to yeah. look like? You know, when can we scrape together the 10% down payment so we can buy one rental per year over the next five years and hit that financial, you know, financial objective that we have. Because I could tell you that the clients that I've worked with the most that have been kind of all over the place is they lack they don't have a plan. They lack clarity, but they know they want to invest in real estate. They like have this burning desire to, but they're not sure where, you know, how to start, where to invest. Um, and they, none of them, not one of them really understood what it looked like to have a financial objective. And I got really good at that because I was always in straight commission sales jobs. Hmm. <laughs> so we were always, you know, I mean, I don't yeah. know if you've had one day, but you know, you <laughs> not straight commission, but it, it has uh, for the last five or six years it was part of my total compensation package so yeah it was uh it was it was it's always interesting 
<laughs> and I'm glad you brought up the court. I meant to, and, and I'll go back and do this at the intro and talk about, I'll put a teaser out there about the course you're offering folks here for free. But I, I love what you're talking about. And, and just for clarity, when you say clients, you're not talking about your your tenants or people who buy your flips. You're talking about people that you coach and mentor along the way to build their real estate portfolio, correct? Yes. Yep. So I've, I've just got into mentorship and coaching in the last 10 years. I wasn't going to do that, but I had people that kept approaching me, asking me if I could teach mm. them. And so I decided to work with a few gals and I actually wrote a book called, um, here it is somewhere. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I wrote, I wrote a book called I saw it on um, Amazon earlier. So. <laughs> so honestly, this is, this is the tiniest investment that you can make and it's a tutorial. So it's, I mean, it's actually, um, a step-by-step because what I found it was written because I was motivated by this one gal that. I want to say she almost tortured me into coaching her. She Please, please. And this is the first client I ever worked with. I'm like, no, I'm too, I was too busy resurrecting this city that I was involved in. And I said, okay. You know, she asked me enough times and she, she was really serious. And I, and I really could see like what she needed, you know, and what, what a first time investor needs or a fixer and flipper is they have to understand the language of a contractor hmm. because if you don't know the language, which is the language is, okay, so what's the square footage? Okay. How do I figure that out? Well, it's length times width. Cause it's they'll say you like so what's the square, square footage. Very if basic not, stuff. Yes. If you're not, if you're not armed with the right information, you, you're going to overpay. Yeah. Going to overpay for renovations, and and once they know that that you won't overpay, they'll either come in line with what's realistic for you to hire and work with them, or they'll just move on, which is fine. Either one is fine. Yeah. So you need to know, like like I've been mentioning, you know, like how much does it cost to paint an average size room? Anywhere from one hundred and twenty five to one hundred seventy five dollars. If you don't know that, painters going to come and go, oh, three hundred dollars for this room. <laughs> no, it's all in the book. I talk about, you know, I talk about paint colors. I talk about finishes, how important that is. So, um, yeah, so when I talk about clients, I'm talking about the clients that I'm working with that are learning the business. They're, um, they're business owners. I get a lot of business owners that, who's, I mean, some of them are their wives that decide mm. to take on, take up the reins and be that asset to the, um, the marriage, and they want to yeah. be the investor end of it. And other clients are business owners mostly. Well, let's just be fair. Most women have that decorative uh, uh, decorator look, right? They have that eye for that. Most of us guys don't. So that's, uh, which to your point, you got to find that decorator look to be able to become a uh, master flipper, right? That's uh, what I want to circle back to something you just said on the, on the book. Is that a kind of preface to the course? that you offer or is it, is it more of the same thing? It's just a different format or t- tell me a little bit more about the course. Cause yes. we didn't talk about that earlier. Yes. So, so the course I, ch- I teach three, three courses. Okay. Um, well, one of them is, so what I'm offering your clients is the first eight modules of my building long-term wealth program. And okay. it's called the foundational. And I offered it for free during COVID, um, which I've never done before. And that was very successful. I felt really good about so many people that jumped on to learn about 
you know, what you need to, the basics. So you really have a solid foundation. It's so important as a real estate investor because you don't have it. Man, it's tough to build because once you make a mistake, it's like having a child. You got their child. You know, you got their property. <laughs> You're pregnant. Um, let's face it. Oh, I like how you just connected. Oh, having yeah. a child is is uh, is um, a mistake. Oh, yeah. There's no difference. <laughs> I'm telling you, you start owning rental property um, and your mama, rent, you know, landlady or yeah. papa, you, <laughs> papa and I can landlady, you, that's good. Ladies are really good with um, tenants too. You know, we yeah. just have a natural nurturing ability because that's hardwired into us where, you know, guys are the hunters. So they're really great at yeah. getting out there and dealing with the contractors and looking for the property and hunting. And the women are really good at creating the nesting feeling of a house and, dealing with the element emotional elements of um, dealing with tenants many times. Yeah. So the combination is fantastic with a husband and wife team. Yeah, it is. And, and probably where I've struggled uh, in our, my wife and I's real estate business is not listening to her or thinking I know what's best when it comes to design and, and a decorative look. And she's right every time. So I, I finally figured out, yeah, sure. Well, that's fine. Whatever. It's, uh, that's you. That's not me. So uh, I finally gave in. Uh, there was a little bit of a um, need to feel like I was in control of everything. I don't know what where that comes from or, you know, I'm sure there's some deep roots from when I was younger or whatever, but psychological deep roots. But I, I've learned to give that up, right? But And quite frankly, she produces a lot better product. I mean, it just is, you know, she took over like the office here. She, she, when we started doing these on YouTube, she was like, you mind if I, uh, decorate your office a little bit? I was like, are you telling me it looks bad? She goes, well, just don't want the dry cleaning hanging in the background <laughs> and all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, you, uh, go for it. Go for it's it. Very, it. So. It's very warm and welcome. It's a lot <laughs> of fun. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, so I will make links to, in the show notes. Uh, for the course, I'll go ahead and give you guys the address. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. So debcleveland.com is where you can connect with Deb. But her course, her GPS course, I love the name of it, by the way, uh, is you can find that at training.debcleveland, like the city, dot com slash GPS dash course, right? So I'll put that in the show notes. But before we get out of here, one last question I want to ask you. Um, you mentioned in, in your bio, part that I did not get to, is you attribute a lot of your success to um, finding and working with some of the greatest minds in the business, right? Who taught you the strategic planning, the hope, the possibility creating. So as a newbie investor or a newbie flipper, right? Same thing, but flipper, buy and hold person. How does a newbie person find out who those great people are? And when they find those people, how do they connect with them? And how do they stay connected with them? It's a great question. So because, because I approached real estate investing like I did my business, like I didn't go into it like a lot of people go into it. I just, I just moved everything that I was learning about business and I applied it to real mm. estate investing. Like that was very easy for me. I didn't understand why people were having so many, you know, <laughs> because it's pretty, pra it's practical. But the way that I, what I did, Jay, was I sought out um, not so much 
real estate investing, like I actually didn't seek that out. I, I read some books about it, but what I knew was important for me was to get my mind right. Mm-hmm. My mind was the most important tool that if that wasn't right, nothing else was going to be right. And it wasn't just my mind because it's connected to your heart. You know, it's like, I, I did, I can't, my father, you know, was a hardworking, workaholic, alcoholic human being. My mother was mentally ill, physically ill, mm. was not a good supporter. Um, she, you know, it just, I didn't come, I didn't come with, you know, like really good thinking. And I knew that, I knew that I had this, I had a lot of fear, you know, a lot of fear about um, free falling as a straight commission sales job, but I saw I could get because I was a single parent with no education and that I needed to feed my, you know, my son, myself, my family. Right. So it was mostly mindset. And I, so I sought out Deepak Chopra or I don't even know how I found him, but I, I actually studied under his practices for 14 years. Hmm. And I can say the one thing that changed my life. And I know people are going to go running for the hills when they hear this because, <laughs> because I did, I was like, there's no, I mean, honestly, it was so hard for me at first, but find a very simple five minute meditation practice, just five minutes, just start there. And there's something that happens. There's a, there's a gap that shows up between a reactive state and a response, a responding state. Like it's such a tiny gap, but it gives you a chance to go, Oh, is that, is that really what I want to say? Is that really how I want to think? Is that really what I want to do? And it changes the course of your life over and over again. I still, yeah. I have, I have so much grace and I've trans, I would just say consistently look for things that, that are going to enrich the way that you think so that you keep a healthy mind, a healthy ha- attitude and, and get great habits, yeah. you know, habits in place. I would say the one book that I read that I devoured was called the Mil- the weekend millionaire. That was one book that I read, that I wrote that I, I, I lived by. And what I loved about that book, Jay, was it was two real average guys like me. They both had families. Um, they both, it was called the weekend millionaire because they only had time on the weekends to invest in real estate. And they just very practically explain step-by-step step, the real simple way of buying one property at a time. At a time. Yeah. Don't look at it as don't hear somebody who's flipped 400 properties and has 90 units, uh, 90 rental units to say, I'll never get there. Just focus on getting that first one done. Right. Yeah. Love it. Love it. I, um, I don't think anybody went running for the Hills. If they've listened to this in any amount of time, they've heard me talk about meditation and how, um, I, and I used to be one of those people who thought, well, meditation, that's absolutely bonkers. You know, I mean, only crazy people do that. The only crazy people are the ones not doing it. Like I've, and I've taken mine to, I, I wouldn't consider it a next level. It's a different level. Um, from, cause I was, I was getting so much out of meditation. I was like, how do I get more of this? Right. So I looked, uh, I discovered, um, the Wim Hof. Uh, breathing technique if you're familiar oh with God. him and uh it is very similar but it goes to a little bit a little bit different right and, and i'm like it's just something about because it when we when we very early got uh married I, every now and then i would just go and my wife's like why what's wrong you know because it sounds like i'm taking a deep sigh like i just read something that this disturbing or whatnot and i was like oh nothing i just forgot to breathe <laughs> 
because I was so focused on doing something else that I just, I, I feel like I was running out of oxygen. I just forgot. But now that I found meditation and taking it to the Wim Hof stuff, um, you know, it's, it's, I do that less and I feel like I have a lot more clarity. So if you're, if you're not meditating, don't think that Dem and I are just quacks that just, it, it really will help you. Don't knock until you try it. Right. So it's one of those things, but anyway, Deb, thank you for being here. Uh, we are way over on time as always, which kind of the conversations usually just go. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your knowledge. And uh, we'll be in touch soon. Great. Thanks, Jay. Thanks, everybody. All right, guys, that wraps it up with Miss Deb Cleveland, a wealth of knowledge. She's been investing for 30 years. And I would love to hear from you. I want to know what uh, what nugget that you found has been the most helpful. You can email me at j at w2capitalist.com. That's J-A-Y at w2capitalist.com. But also, I just want to thank you for being here and being a listener and helping the podcast grow. We've got a sponsorship now with Quest Trust, thanks to you. So I appreciate you very much. And we've got some amazing things coming up uh, here in the near future. So I want to just take a moment to tell you thank you very much. I appreciate you. I want to hear from you. So if you uh, want to send me an email, I would love to hear from that. I get these from time to time. And it, uh, it's amazing to hear how these guests are impacting your lives and it's helping you grow wealth in, uh, for yourself and for your family. So let me know J at w2capitalist.com. Again, if you want to hear about what's going on in the mastermind, go to, or see what's going on in the mastermind, go to w2capitalist.com slash mastermind. And until next time, earn, invest, repeat. <laughs>